Welcome to the Humble Hoof Podcast. My name is Alicia Harlov. This is a podcast for both horse owners and hoof care professionals, offering discussions into various philosophies on the health of the hoof and soundness of your horse. Please check us out on Facebook or at thehumblehoof.com. I first heard of Christina Klein from one of my favorite books, The Essential Hoof Book. She co-authored it with Susan Kaufman, and if you don't already have a copy, pause this episode, go to Amazon, and order it. It's a must-have for owners and professionals alike to reference for what a healthy hoof is and common distortions and pathologies. A year or two ago, Christina did a webinar for Progressive Hoof Care Practitioners, or PHCP, on club feet and what causes them and ways to approach them. Lately, I've been hearing more and more about people struggling with club-footed horses, so I reached out to Christina to see if she would offer some insight on the topic. So I was wondering if you could give a little bit of background into how you got started in hoof care, because, you know, I know that you co-wrote the Essential Hoof Book. Correct. So where did you start and how did it end up, you know, getting to the point where you co-authored a book? Well, it's kind of an unsexy story, really. Uh, I know people get into barefoot trimming because they're rehabbing a chronically lame horse or something like that. And then the, a different trimming approach totally fixed the horse or whatever. And honestly, it was, I got into trimming just by, I was having problems coming out, getting a farrier to regularly come out to trim my two horses. And one of them was a youngster not being ridden, but my mare had really great feet, was never sore. But every time the I did get a farrier out, they wanted to put shoes on her because I was riding on the trails a lot. And I'm like, but she's never sore, so why would I do that? And at the time, I owned a health food store, and quite a few of my clients were horsewomen. And I talked to a couple of them, asking if they had a referral for a reliable farrier. And a couple of them had the audacity to suggest that I could trim my own horse's feet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy cow, no, I can't do that. That's rocket science. That I got I ended up getting Jamie Jackson's books and started learning how to kind of figuring out how to trim on my own because there was nobody really in the area. Marjorie Smith from the Barefoot Horse coached me online a bit. I started trimming my own horses. I really enjoyed it and decided to apply to the, what was then the American Association of Natural Hoof Care Practitioners. Got certification through that and then been trimming professionally ever since. So you're still trimming professionally too? Yeah. Yeah. That's my full-time job. It has been for almost two decades now. Wow. And so you were, you were like writing the book in between also working full-time and trimming. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a great experience. I don't know that I've got that much time in the le- rest of my life to do it again, but. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. It was a great experience collaborating with Susan. Yeah, that's really cool. I love it. I mean, I've read it. I still reference it a lot, especially with clients or with even, you know, people on Facebook or anyone I'm talking to. It's such a great resource. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Awesome. So I, you know, I I see a handful of horses that have really upright feet or, you know, some that that actually have like true club feet. And so I saw Uh that webinar that you did with PHCP and you did such an awesome job of sort of getting to the nitty gritty of club feet and the different kinds and what causes it and how to help them. So I was wondering if you could Mm -hmm. just talk a little bit about that today. Uh, Of course. Awesome. And so before we get talking about like club feet, 
I was hoping that you could talk a little bit about the difference between a true club foot and maybe a high foot on a high-low horse. Yeah, and that's going to be a little bit of a, there may be different people have different semantics around it. I don't know that there's one standard definition of what constitutes an actual club versus like a high-low. I look at high-low as more of a, like a minor discrepancy, uh, maybe a grade one or grade two, quote-unquote, club, Dr. Rick Redden's scale, that I might just call a high-foot, high-low type horse. And then a, what I call a club is just a matter of degree steeper than that, like a grade three and grade four that are really pronounced soda can structure, you know, very upright. Some other people in the profession might call any kind of discrepancy in a high-low horse, you know, a club foot and a low foot. I prefer to use the term a higher heel unless it's really extreme, just because it kind of freaks owners out a lot of times, and I'm not there to scare them. If you kind of diagnose a club foot, a lot of them will kind of overreact and think there's something terribly wrong with their horse when usually there's not. It's just two asymmetrical feet. Yeah. And same along those lines, I'll often say to owners, well, especially because I don't want to misspeak when I say that a foot is a club foot. So sometimes I'll just say like, oh, this is a really upright foot, mm-hmm. to like the low foot. So I totally get what you're talking about there. So yeah. if you have a foal then that vet has seen the horse, there's definitely some issues with their feet. What can you start with at that young age to see if you can try to mitigate that to becoming a true club as they get older? Right. If they start in foals will typically, if they're going to develop high-low syndrome, like one higher heel than the other, they'll typically start to develop that between two and six months of age. They're not born that way with one high heel and one low heel. They come out of the womb symmetrical, but then as they grow and develop, they become asymmetrical. A few things to check off the list is to make sure that the the youngster is not being overfed, too rich of a diet, too many calories that's making them grow a little too fast. Another thing to look out for is if there was any injury that caused them to move asymmetrically. Posture is another thing to address For instance, if they habitually start putting the left foot forward to graze and putting the right foot back, and they just develop kind of a comfort with that, it feels like a more natural posture to them and they won't switch. Keeping an eye on that and then doing exercises to help them change their posture, basically stretching the high heel leg forward. For instance, there's a a lot of different kind of physiotherapeutic exercises that can be done to help the horse regain postural symmetry. Getting a body worker in there to check for any muscular adhesions or get the chiropractor out there to take a look if something's out of whack. Those are a few of the starters for a a young foal. Diet, body work, postural asymmetry. And do you suggest a shorter cycle in those instances? Definitely. Usually for these, I'd I'd like to trim them like every two to four weeks, depending on how fast the youngster grows, but really staying on top of the heel that wants to pop up. And if the owner will get involved and can take a few rasp strokes on the heels every week, that would be great too. It depends on the owner's comfort level if they want to pick up and wield a rasp. 
And have you seen this like completely resolve horses that might have become, you know, really clubby if they hadn't been addressed this way when they were young? Yeah, it does. Most of the time, if you really look hard, you'll still be able to see a slight asymmetry. But if the owner is really diligent, I've seen a number of holes that were going asymmetrical. The symmetry started returning. Again, I think if you looked really hard, you'd probably... You could find a slight asymmetry, but it definitely didn't get out of control. I'm just thinking about this one. I mean, he's two years old, so he's a little older. This one horse that I trim who's really upright on both fronts. And, you know, is there a certain age where that's, you know, kind of what they have and you can't really do anything about it at that point? Or do you find them to be a little bit, you know, malleable and, and changeable even when they're older? And you said that horse is two and it's a bilateral club foot? Yes, yeah. Was was this horse born with uh, contracted tendons? I'm not sure. She bought him as a yearling. Oh, okay. Because that might be something totally different. If the foal was born with contracted tendons, contracted muscles technically, and had a flexural deformity, that's something different that may or may not be fixable. That's got a pretty strong genetic component to it. If it's both front feet that are really upright, the the window of opportunity probably closed on that a little while ago. Never say never, but he's that horse has had a significant amount of time to grow that way and the coffin bones grow reflecting a really club-footed upright presentation. I've seen some adult horses though go from like wildly divergent front feet to fairly similar. That happened like when the horse got turnout, wasn't confined in a stall, was starting to be ridden by a better rider who could help the horse regain postural symmetry. But in the end, it's going to depend on the shape of both coffin bones. If the horses had a really pronounced high-low, for instance, through their developing years, through, you know, age six-ish, when the horse finally reaches maturity. If the coffin bones in the front feet are wildly different shaped, you're never going to get symmetrical front feet because the, the shape of the foot has to follow the shape of the coffin bone. If the coffin bones are fairly similar, then yeah, there's a, there's a good chance with body work or dentistry or physiotherapeutic exercises and stuff like that, you can get the front feet to harmonize quite a bit. And you actually reminded me of something else that you talked about in your webinar. You know, how do you know the difference between an actual congenital club foot that is, you know, has a genetic component and a club foot that might have, you know, came about through trimming or, you know, posture incorrect hoof care? Good question. If the foal is born with contracted tendons or you get a a bilateral club foot, there's probably the horse came out of the womb that way. Pretty strong genetic component there, I think. When they develop an acquired club foot, like high-low, I don't know that there's any published research proving this, but most of the time you'll see a high-low horse had a high-low parent. Either the sire or the dam had asymmetrical feet and uh, oftentimes the offspring will develop it. So whether you can prove absolutely that that's a genetic component or if it was something else, it could be so many factors that uh, it's probably hard to really tease it all apart and say for absolute certainty, like what percentage is genetic and what percentage is environment. And before, I do want to talk a little bit about trimming club feet, but before we do that, can you mention a little bit about, you kind of referenced it earlier with Dr. Redden's work, but uh, the different grades of club feet? 
Yeah, there's a basically the different there's grade one, grade two, grade three, and grade four. And a grade one club foot, it's part of the grading scale. Well, actually, this is a lot easier done visually to portray a photo or a sketch of the differences. But basically, if a horse has a grade one club foot, that foot, the higher heel foot is going to be maybe two, three, four degrees steeper than the other foot. Um, if it's a grade two unilateral club, it may be more like five, six, seven degrees steeper than the other one. Grade three, you're probably looking at about 10 degrees steeper. And then grade four is just like a completely, completely vertical foot. And the degree of clubbiness too can also be seen a bit in how much dorsal flare there is in the toe. You know, grades one and two, if the feet are well trimmed, you probably won't see any dorsal flare in the toe. Grades three and four are going to have much more flare in the toe despite really good trimming. The, the hoof is just too steep. It's like physically makes the toe bend a little bit despite the best trimming in the world. So when you come to a foot that's more upright or a club foot, so my biggest fear when I'm when I'm trimming these guys is, you know, I offer them a forward stretch. I try to see um, how much they're willing to to stretch that those, you know, muscles and and really lean into that stretch to know how much heel to take, but I'm always a little nervous when I trim that I'm going to put the foot down and the heel's going to be off the ground. Um, yeah. So I tend to, you know, start more conservative, but you know, what do you, what do you do when you're going up to a horse with a club foot to take into consideration, you know, before trimming? Yeah. Well, one of my favorite tricks is just when you bring the foot forward, not just stretch it, but see if the horse can really straighten out the knee. So it locks straight. And if the knee won't lock, straight you're probably going to have to stay conservative trimming the heels down if the foot if the horse can really lock the knee straight that usually means there's more flexibility in that limb in the muscles and so you can take the heel down a bit more another way to experiment with how much heel height you can take down is to put uh, a wedge under the toe actually and see if the horse can stand on the limb with a wedge under the toe Kind of like propping up the front part of the foot and if you put like say a five degree wedge under the toe and ask the horse to stand on that foot and they they seem uncomfortable then you know you need to go easy on reducing the heel height so those are a couple tricks that can help you determine in advance a bit uh, if you need to go easy on the heel or if you can take it down more aggressively you can also watch the horse walk and some club-footed horses will really uh, especially if they've got like a grade four club, they they always land toe first. And so, you know, if the horse is walking, if club-footed horse is walking and they're landing on their toes already, you're not going to be able to take the heel down very much. If they're walking and they can land heel first on that club, then you know they've got the flexibility in there to have some of that heel removed. We as hoof care providers often focus so much on the feet. If you've listened to my other podcast episodes, you probably noticed that I tend to delve into the whole horse and what's going on higher up that could be affecting the feet. Something that is really important in these high, low, or club-footed cases is bodywork and stretching. I'm sure this is really individual to the horse, but is there anything that you do that you feel you see consistent improvement with in club feet? Um, Like, do you rocker the heels? Do you just kind of, do you take them down 
to soul plane? Do you leave a little more heal to give them, you know, and, and, and take their breakover back to ease the tendon tension? Actually, the biggest thing is a good body worker to me, because uh, basically all, all of these asymmetrical horses generally have wadded up shoulders, really asymmetrical shoulders. And if the, if the whole rest of the horse's posture is out of whack, you're going to be limited in what you can resolve via trimming alone. Anyway, that's my first go-to is just making sure that uh, like the, if, if the owner's up for it to have a good body worker, do a thorough comb over of the horse. That can help a lot. Also things like dentistry, if the horse has a really lopsided mouth, you're probably not going to make be able to make a lot of permanent headway on the feet either. So, but that said, when I work trimming-wise, assuming the horse has decent sole thickness, in general, I like to keep the breakover back and I will rocker the back of the heel. Kind of bring the heel down to a height that the horse likes, but then bevel the back of the heel to kind of remove some of that excess material that can pop up faster in a growth cycle. Trimming is important, but getting to the, the postural problem, I think gets more to the root of the issue for most of these horses. You know, when I'm trimming club feet, I've, you know, thought about how ideally if you're bringing the breakover back, it should help them with that tendon. But then, you know, obviously getting in my own head, it just makes it look like you're getting this, you're making the foot so tiny and short visually when you're standing above and looking at it. I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing and actually trying to ease that breakover for that tendon. Yeah, break easing the breakover I think is critical even if the foot does end, end up looking smaller because if you don't ease the breakover, it you really start getting the a, an upright foot will start flaring in the toe area real easily and then you just end up with a, a with a ton of flare. So yeah, I always keep the breakover back unless the horse has super thin soles and you can't be too aggressive on it obviously, but if you can't keep the breakover back do because that will, as you said, you're correct, it will reduce the pull on the tendon, tendon and muscle apparatus. So how much have you seen improvement? Like, you know, talking about the grades, I think you talked about this in your webinar too, is that, you know, you might be able to improve it a certain amount, like at the grade of the club, a certain amount. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen like grade one clubs, high-low horses, the club totally disappears with trimming, bodywork, good riding. I've seen those completely disappear. And grade two clubs can also almost disappear. When you're talking grade three and four, though, I think by and large, the coffin bones are really going to be affected. And the coffin bones are going to be really mismatched in their shape. The only way to prove that is to get x-rays, of course. When you're talking about a, like a grade four club, well, grade four club, there's probably so many things, so many other factors going into it that you're probably just not going to make any headway, period, on a grade four, maybe a little bit. But uh, a grade three club, you're probably dealing with two really asymmetrical coffin bones and you might be able to get a little bit more symmetry, but there's going to be a, a physical limit to that because the bones are different. Results can vary based on the coffin bones. <laughs> yeah. And actually that, that made me think of, um, so I, I'm trimming this little uh, mare. She's really sweet. And she has like, again, two upright feet. I just met her two cycles ago. And this last trim mm -hmm. I did, she actually had, I, you know, was trimming that toe back and she had a little bit of like lamellar wedge at the toe. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And so I assumed that, I mean, she's very overweight and I assume she's metabolic, but I assumed that was more of a mechanical rotation or will, will, you know, a higher grade club always have some mechanical rotation? Uh, Almost always. Yeah. A grade three or grade four club, you're probably going to be fighting mechanical rotation the whole time. Trying to minimize mechanical rotation. Let's just say she's a normal weight. You know, and the, you take out the take out any chance of laminitis in there. If you've got a really you've got really upright feet with quote unquote rotated coffin bones, the, the end result is likely going to be the same in terms of damage to the coffin bone over time. Now the horse isn't in pain from laminitis when they've just got a club foot because there's no inflammation going on inside the foot and stuff. But the the coffin bone is pointed too vertically. It's pointed too much straight down, and there's just too much weight being borne by the tip of the coffin bone in relation to the back part of the foot. And so it is, you know, grade three, grade four club. The coffin bones on those horses are going to be way, way, way more prone to demineralization, forming a ski tip and whatever. Um, so it's in the end, the damage to the coffin bone can be similar on an x-ray, though the horse may not be chronically lame like a, like a laminitic horse would be. And actually, is there anything you can do to prevent that demineralization in these club feet? Yeah, with really club feet, really upright club feet, I would, I wouldn't make them live on a hard, rocky surface. I keep them on a softer surface that can really conform to the bottom of their feet just so that there's less concussion. The the hard ground isn't just, it isn't able to like pound the bottom of their feet so much. I think that's going to help the coffin bones last longer. I definitely wouldn't jump a horse like that. Make sure they're used more for like lighter pleasure riding or arena work or something on a soft, soft surface where they're not landing hard. And then if they seem to have thin soles, I would keep the glue on boots or composite shoes on them or something with maybe some packing material just to cushion the bottom of the foot as much as possible to prevent concussion, prevent as much concussion to the tip of the coffin bone. Just like baby those coffin bones. Just baby them. Yeah. Is there anything that owners can do to help? I mean, in terms of stretches or obviously having a body worker out? Yeah, stretches are really helpful, especially, you know, like the the club-footed side. That shoulder is not going to want to stretch forward as much. Stretches are going to help. Also, for instance, if a horse has a club foot on the right, they are almost always going to prefer to go in circles to the left. A lot of times we subconsciously or unconsciously don't even realize how, how often we let the horse go in their preferred direction. It's just like, oh, you know, Fluffy likes to go to the left better. So we'll just, it's easy. We just do this when actually it's like, oh, Fluffy actually needs to learn how to go to the right better. And if they start being able to circle to the right in a better, more balanced way that can also help that right side stay more limber stay more dexterous be used more symmetrically with the other side etc the way the horse is ridden or exercised by the owner can have a huge impact yeah if they're up for even doing stretches because sometimes i know i know people have a limited pocketbook those kind of things just might body work might just be a luxury that can't be afforded 
But if the owner's really interested, having them start doing stretches, teaching the horse to bow or something like that, it's really, the horses really like it. It's really, they enjoy it. And it's free for the owner to do, possibly bringing to their awareness too, like, well, does your horse, your horse has a club foot on the left. Is your horse, when you ride in an arena, is it hard for Fluffy to go to the left? Well, you might want to work on that direction more and that might help your horse minimize the high-low discrepancy in their feet. So trying to bring those positive things that the owner can do to their attention, the positive things that are free, free or cheap for them to do to help. And then if they see some changes working with stretching and stuff, they see some positive changes in their horse's feet from that, then they might be more willing to experiment with body work, etc. There can also be some great like videos on YouTube on stretching and things like that that might get them inspired. But yeah, there's only so much you can do if the horse has, you know, high-low foot and the owner won't get on board with anything, then then we just get to do our best and manage. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I just want to be like a, I just come in and, you know, do a magic fix. But yeah, that's not the case. I wish there were magic masks that we could hand out to everybody who works on horses' feet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. No, that would be nice. <laughs> just like, but it's it, it really is, especially for the grade one and grade two clubs, it is amazing what we can do to, you might not be able to totally correct it, but by good trimming, and I should say, I know earlier I mentioned the first thing I would do is try to get a body worker or what out there. And, but that's not to discredit that what we do on the bottom of the foot is really important. Actually, keeping breakover back on both feet is hugely important. And the way we address flares and the way we address heel height on both the club foot and the lower foot can really bring a lot of symmetry. It can make the feet look a lot more similar than by a horse just getting a quote-unquote pasture trim where they're you know, the breakover is left a little bit long. So visually, we can still do a lot to make it better. And then with the breakover back, better on both feet, you know, can help the horse move optimally with what it's got. So yeah, actually, when I think about it, it's like I, I treat in a way, it's like I treat the high foot the same as I treat the low foot. It's like bring breakover back as far as you can and keep the heel down as far as you can. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think this has been really helpful too, even if just to kind of reiterate some of the things that you said during that webinar, which I thought was so great. Oh, to me, honestly, talking about club is just fascinating because it's such, you know, these uh, these high-low horses and stuff. It's just that kind of common thing that we can help so much. And, you you know, it impacts the whole horse and you can start unraveling these things like bunched up shoulders or you know, blah, blah, blah. And you just can see the feet just morph before your eyes, except for like the grade four, four clubs, which are just kind of hosed by and large. Um, but those are kind of the except, you know, you just in the big scheme of things, you see a lot of ones and twos and stuff. And we can really help those horses move so much better. So I, I like I like geeking out on it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so. All right. Well, th again, thank you so much. Okay. And I'll try to get this to yeah. you as soon as possible. Okay, super. Right. Have a good night. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I always say that I'm slightly more hoof obsessed than the average person, and chances are, if you're listening to a hoof care podcast, you are too, so we should probably be friends. Feel free to find me on Facebook or email me at thehumblehoof at gmail.com.